All right, welcome back, team. Episode 8, Beautiful Dust Specs, y'all. You attractive, attached, and fixed, adhered, and adjoined dust specs. You flying, floating, falling, flailing, yet fidgety dust specs. You moving, mobile, traveling, transverse, and transported dust specs. So, I don't know if you guys know this this week, but the science world is blowing up. The Nerdosphere is pumped right now on the Ligos experiment. It's amazing. It's a pretty wire. It's just awesome. Everything about it is just so cool. This thing, this theory that was uh came up with by albert einstein over a hundred years ago has been validated has been they're using the word proven these guys are dropping some big words here saying this is a new insight into our ways of studying the universe it's as groundbreaking as understanding the telescope or x-rays or you know lots lots of big things being thrown around by people way smarter than me that's a little life advice people there's smarter people than you out there you should listen to them so if i'm on the internet and i'm going around looking at my facebook and my twitter and all of a sudden it's just science 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 Science, LIGOS, 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 gravity waves, gravity waves, gravity waves. I'm like, yo, what's going on with these gravity waves, y'all? I should probably check this out. A, I'm a teacher. I should teach kids this stuff. And then B, the smarter people than me are pumped up on something. It should make me think. So I looked into it, and it's amazing. It's, it uses lasers. It uses lasers to measure these gravitational waves. Well, theoretically. They theoretically thought that if these lasers were measuring interferons, this wave pattern when two waves collide, that if a gravity wave came through the Earth, bending and flexing, literally changing the comp- – not the composition, but the shape of the Earth – the little laser beams would be able to pick it up. And like 1.5 billion years ago, two black holes combined. They merged in black hole cannibalism, you know, two things, 30 times the size of the sun traveling at near like third, half as the speed of light. Man, what accelerated it to that level? Gravity. That's what we're going to be talking about this hour. We're going to be talking all about gravity. I don't mean an hour. I mean 15 to 35 minutes. You know how I roll. Not that cool to be dropping hour-long podcasts yet, but soon I want to get into that. Uh, you know, interview world, so maybe we'll be bouncing into the hour range one day. But for now, we're going to keep it simple, keep it fresh. So these two black holes collided, and Einstein predicted that if... I, I can't even get into that quite yet, so we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit. But what it did is they theorized that these black holes merging would send gravity waves. They also theorized that black hole that gravity waves travel at the speed of light. So they calculated when these when this wave should hit us. Fast forward, it hit us, they picked it up, they measured it, proving it. Proving that gravitational waves exist. Proving that mass bends and flexes space-time. It literally changes and manipulates and can, like, like you slapping your hand on a pond sends ripples outwards through space-time itself. And it's not space, it's not time. It's space and time combined together to form this thing that we call space-time. It's pretty amazing. Also, I was getting pumped on this. It just so happened that one of my students sent me the new OK Go video, Upside Down. And Inside Out, I think it's called. It's amazing. They literally have this video that's choreographed in a Cessna, in one of the parabola planes that gives you to experience zero G. You got to check it out. And then if you're a teacher and you can show it to your kids, just stare at your kids' faces and just watch the emotions that go over them. It's this weird thing where they're like half pumped, half a little uncomfortable as they start seeing this stuff. And that's humans. We, we, it's not normal. It's not the normal thing to see. We're not supposed to see these things floating around and people doing flips and flying up and down and tossing iPads and popping water balloons and all kinds of crazy stuff. Anyways, it's amazing. I'll try and link it to my, my website page and just search OK Go Upside Down on YouTube and you're going to dig it. It's, it's pretty amazing. You want another amazing gravity kind of also amazing water thing, check out Chris Hadfield ringing out a washcloth on space. Just search Chris Hadfield, 
washcloth and enjoy the ride because it's amazing and it should get you pumped up on water which we'll be talking about in a coming up episode here because water's amazing but what also is amazing is gravity gravity does not get enough play gravity is so important in all things everything it's it is a part of everything so what is it it's a fundamental force when the universe expanded when it came into existence in the singularity one of the things that came out of it was gravity along with electromagnetism and strong and weak nuclear forces it's a really weak force we think of gravity is like this really all-powerful thing that's like holding me down you know john mayer had it totally wrong like gravity working it's not working against you it's not trying to bring you down gravity is just doing it that's what gravity does it's a fundamental force and it's weak you can jump up and down and be like take that gravity in your face and then it pulls you back down You're like i'm winning i'm done duck back i'm got it oh, and then it, you know every time gravity is going to win that's a theme we're going to see here gravity in the end always is there it always wins i don't know if it feels bad about always winning or it's like a poor sport or a bad loser it's like yeah take that world i'm not sure but it so it started out with newton newton was the first one he came up with the law of mutual gravitation and that doesn't explain gravity it explains the effects of gravity he saw the apple you know hit him in the head it didn't hit him in the head he's story goes he saw an apple fall and he wonder if that's the same thing that's putting and making the moon fall towards the earth which is what it's doing we're in an, a gravitational entanglement we're in this binary system where we ha- literally have like a central point of gravity out there um that the two planet the moon and the planet us are orbiting around so his law of mutual gravitation simply stated that if you have mass, you have gravity. And two massive objects are going to be attracted to one another proportional to their distance. So the closer you are, the stronger your gravitational fields are. The farther away you are, the weaker they get. And it's like a factor of 10. So if you're 10 feet away, you're 100 times less. And, uh, you know, 100 feet away, you're 1,000 times less. And you can see this, you know. You can, you can if two things were in space right next to one another and they were stasis, gravity would pull them together because there's no force acting on them. You're not being attracted to the people around you or the desk or the TV or even your house because there's a really massive object present in the room. It's called the Earth. So, yes, there there has to be. I have not pinpointed my, my like brain on this yet. There's got to be a great pickup line in there somewhere, right? Because like if you have mass, you have gravity. So all of us standing next to one another, we're all like intertangling and entwining our gravitational fields, you know? So, like, I feel like it's there, but then you run the risk. I don't really want to call a girl massive, you know, like, hey, baby, like, I'm, like, attracted to your mass. And she's like, say what? I'm massive? I'm like, no, no, you're, like, made of matter, and you have gravity. Like, you're, I love your matter. It's beautiful. And you probably lost her. But unless she's a science nerd, she's like, ooh, Newton pickup. I dig it, y'all. Come here. Anyways, I digress. So what the big thing with the LIGOS is, is more about Einstein's view. Einstein came up with, we all know him for the theory of relativity. It breaks down into two fashions, actually. There's special and there's general. General is his description of gravity. General is his way of showing and really defining for what gravity is. But gravity is a total difficult thing to comprehend. Like, it it is technically a theory, right? And somebody, like, drop a pen and be like, theorize this, y'all. That's the effect of gravity. That's the law of mutual gravitation. But what is it? What is the thing? What is actually pulling the marker or me? Or what is the what is the thing? We call it like gravitrons or trying to do quantum gravity. We don't know what truly causes it. That's why the gravitational waves are a pretty amazing thing that we can maybe get a new way of looking at the world, studying it through a new lens. Like what spectroscopy did for the study of the cosmos, this may deal for one of the fundamental forces. All right, we'll talk all about spectroscopy at another time. 
So Einstein theorized this. What he saw, he if I'm, it's, I'm an audio here. It's really difficult to do. But he was on Earth, and he knew a star was positioned directly behind the sun. So therefore, you wouldn't be able to see it. You know, the sun is very big relative to this tiny little pinprick of light way out there. However, it had shifted, and he could see it. And he was the one then who saw this light move, and he theorized that gravity can actually bend light. And then he started to think about that the Earth, the sun is actually bending space-time. It's actually creating a divot, a gravity well in space and time. And that light is like riding the well like a little penny going down the little penny rollers that you used to get where you drop it in and it goes in the big circle until it disappears. You can always be a little punk kid and like snag it and your mom be like, stop it. Be like, what, I want to do it again. You know, but you're like donating to charity. So, whoops. Uh, sorry. Sorry, charity. Anyways, I just wanted to play more. So, you know, he started to get this going, and that was amazing. And that was a real, for one of the first teams. I mean, he was the first guy to think that the tangible thing that is the nothingness, the emptiness of space, was actually something, was actually a tangible, bendable, you know, moldable thing, and mass warps it. So the more massive something is, the more it warps it on in. And that was his description of space-time. But he also thought then that if space-time could bend, it could ripple. It could it could oscillate as, as gravity messed with it. And he called these gravity waves and he theorized you know what they were they mathematically predicted them but they would be so incredibly minuscule that you would need an incredibly precise instrument to study them thus the ligos this is like it's the supposedly the most uh precise measuring device of all time and it's really expensive but that's another you know relative what we pay to the military it's probably no big deal but it's, it's a few billion dollars i believe so, like, right, like i got that laying around no big thing right i'd run a podcast i obviously have billions of dollars so you know, this, this Ligos was out there, and the general relativity was this new theory, and these gravity waves are theoretical, and it's, it's amazing. He calculated they travel at the speed of light. So, again, not only if our sun disappeared right now, would we have light for 8.2 minutes? In 8.2 minutes, if it, like, di- frantically disappeared, not expanded, exploded, just poof, gone, we then would have a we'd have 8.2 minutes of light and then the gravity wave would hit us like a ripple in a pond pushing a boat and it would just nudge us out into space and we'd travel through space there's a great vsauce video out there about what would happen if the sun disappeared vsauce is cool i'd love to talk to that guy one day on this podcast but maybe we'll see never know so as we get going with this the this whole idea of it was was wild and now we've proven it so anyways enough about the ligos thing check it out it's amazing the whole concept is this but gravity is awesome Gravity is the glue. Gravity is the catalyst. Gravity takes disorder and turns it into order. It creates this lack of chaos and breeds chaos, but we want chaos in space. Chaos is what we're going for. So it's like the force, right? The force is all around us, and it binds us. It's through us. Yeah, maybe it is, right? So anyways, again, you got to go back in time. Got to go way, way back to the beginning. So when the universe expanded, out came gravity and other stuff. And for a really long period of time, the first thing to form up was the elements. Remember back to my love podcast. The first thing to come up was hydrogen, a little mainly hydrogen, like 99, 98%, some helium, a little bit of lithium. And for the longest time, that gas was static. We don't want static. We don't want uniformity. We want chaos. We want stuff colliding and smashing and combining and compressing and changing. We want change. We want evolution in the space so it can lead into the things that we are. 
And this was what it was. And we have evidence of this. It's called the W map. It's from the Biceps 2 telescope that just that just predicted this. It's the CBR. What the W map says is it took the CBR, this kind of cosmic background that showed what the unit theorized that this this flash of energy should have taken place when the universe became electrically neutral, aka the elements formed up, so like the light, the photons and other things would be able to escape. Anyways, fast forward, they find it. They find the CBR and now the Biceps 2 telescope is here. It, it, this actually came out only a few years ago. It was really huge because as you can see, we live in a society that does not celebrate this, right? Like we just found a new window into the into the into the universe and we've discovered something and validated a theory that was over 100 years ago. We're like, "Oh yeah, you know, like uh, Kanye tweeted something, you know, like no, no, no. Celebrate this stuff, people. Celebrate it, relish it, love it. This could be taught to our kids in in textbooks in 10 years. This could revolutionize science. Who the heck knows? Anyways, the W map what the W map showed is this cool, pre- pretty picture that shows there's these tiny little fluctuations in density. That the cosmic, the, the cosmic cosmos, I guess, just the thing that is space, this this gas, this uniform hydrogen and helium, there was teeny tiny little bits of density differences. Density, D equals M over V, means that there was more volume there. Now we get into the gas laws. So the gas laws are that if you compress a gas, it's going to heat up, and it heats up for many reasons. It also gets the elements moving at incredible speeds. So this is what gravity can do. So with those tiny little variations of, of, of gravity over long, long periods of time, literally an age called the Dark Ages, millions of years, the universe was not filled with stars. People always think the Big Bang was like, boom, universe, awesomeness. No, it was really boring. It went through huge areas eras of like very you know rapid exchange very nothing rapid change very nothing and now the density is there so gravity is just here gravity's waiting gravity is about to start to pull and compress stuff together and it and it does its job so over a long period of time it starts to just stick some of this gas together they have matter they're going to bind they're going to compress and then they have a little more matter they can pull in more and a little more and a little more and it can just keep on building up until this big ball of hydrogen starts to compress down what is compressing and it's gravity Gravity's pulling this stuff together, this invisible force that's going to start to combine the elements together until finally, again, I've talked about this like every podcast because it's amazing, it reaches 10 million degrees Kelvin. And this is a big deal. Not only are the stars like, ooh, twinkly stars, they're so pretty and they're so bright. And like, yes, our sun is a star. It's also the chemical builders. It's where chemistry came from. It's where all the building blocks of everything around you came from. You know, a little tangent here, speaking of this elegant universe, you're talking about elements and quantum and all stuff. He was talking about on this that if you took all the empty space that is in the atomic elements of like the Sears Tower and it you actually combined it down and removed the empty space, it would be the size of a grain of rice. What? Like this is like the vast majority of everything is empty space. It's just it's just awesome. But the elements, the things, the stuff, though all of it that make up that building come from stars. And these stars would not exist without the gravitational pulling, without this glue taking the gas and just compressing it and just squeezing and just smushing in this spherical form. And then the star ignites. It burns. It actually emits photons and energy. Remember cellular respiration we talked about? This the photosynthesis, the stuff that is the energies of the biologies of the world kick it in motion but at the beginning it just turns this star but it's also going to continuously compress this star making it burn hotter and hotter and what's going to happen at the core of the star the hydrogen is going to turn into helium helium's a little more massive so there's gonna be a little more gravity a little more density a little more pressure a little more temperature y'all a little more heat and that heat is going to finally start to combine and crush the other elements together it's going to start smushing the helium then the carbon the nitrogen the oxygen carbon 
the nitrogen action people that's your atmosphere you're a carbon-based life form you're made up of hydrogen and oxygen combined together most of you is made up of a certain thing called h2o born and created in the crucibles that are stars and those stars form and combine because of gravity the wondrous thing that's going to compress it and then it continuously goes it just goes on and on and on it actually can combine in a really big star like eight solar masses eight times the size of our sun remember our sun is like 820,000 earths right just epic in size scale and density so these stars eight times bigger than that will compress it down and it's going to build all all those elements. So in it is this ball being held together by gravity. It's an epic dance. The gravity is going to pull inwards, compress inwards on the center of mass. It's not going to collapse on itself because it can resist the force in what's called hydrostatic equilibrium. Resist the force outwards from heat and pressure, you know, created by the fusion of elements. Can't create nor destroy matter. You can just you can just convert it. So it's converting then smushing that together into light, into photon, into into energy. And that's going to resist. But slowly, gravity's just waiting in the wings. I, I don't know. I don't know if gravity's like malicious. It's like, I'm going to crush this star. It's like, I'm so sorry, star. I'm going to win and I'm going to beat you again. And then I'm going to like smush you and you're gonna explode i don't know i always think maybe maybe i feel like gravity would be a nice guy right i mean it's like the glue that sticks everything together so i can't imagine it'd be a weird thing is it weird that i always give everything in nature like we talked about the trees eating sunlight and enjoying i don't know maybe i'm a weirdo probably am so we back to this this thing will start to go. The sun is going to do it. It isn't the sun. We'll call them suns. The stars. When certain ones get big enough, finally at the very end of this process, and the star will build, burn for millions of years, and then this whole process of, of dying in this awesome thing called a supernova takes place in, like, in days relative to it, like fractions of a second. So this thing then will compress all of these elements down, and the heaviest one that's going to be created in the core of it is going to be iron. Iron's going to be created in the core. Gravity can't win this one. Gravity cannot compress iron. It can't compress it enough to get the iron to reach break Coulomb's barrier and start to fuse, which would then create the epic dance and since more masses at the core, it'd generate more energy and it would balance. But at this moment, the sun is burning super hot. It's it's crushing these heavy elements together, just foot on the gas, just revving, just crushing crushing through the gasoline. It's not gas, it's it's plasma, right? If anyone ever tells you a star is made of gas, be like, mm, actually, it's actually made of plasma. It's hyperheated gas in the first state of matter that they don't really teach you. We teach it to you backwards in school. We teach it's solid gas liquid and or sorry sorry solid liquid gas and the universe started as plasma gas liquid solid and yeah, there you go anyways so this thing will go and at its core is this is this iron so what's going to happen now is the sun's going to not be able to generate energy so it's going to like pull the blanket out like pull the rug out from under it and what's waiting is gravity so gravity's just waiting because it doesn't gravity doesn't need to be fueled it's just generated or created or whatever adjective you want to use by this mass so this star is left with all this mass and all of a sudden in a rapid ex, rapid massive awesome exp- just most powerful thing in space we believe the sun, the gravity will hyper compress all of it down. It's like if you took the earth and compressed it down to the size of a marble in seconds. Like, I think it's like nanoseconds. And what'll still happen is all this energy, this, this hydrogen, helium, gas, lithium, magnesium, I can't even think of them all right now, tons and tons of these elements, all the way up to iron will be there. And in that compressive Tory force is exponential power. It'll take all of that and the gravity will smush it and collapse it in and it'll hit the, it'll hit like the wall of the iron core and it'll rebound. It'll reflex outwards and create a 
supernova. And what the supernova does is awesome. It has enough power to combine together the rest of the periodic table, combine together the bigger, bigger, bigger elements, you know. All of the iron that is in anything that you have made of that heavy metal iron, the core of our planet, is generated by gravity compressing epic stars. All of it, guys. The, 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 the core of the planet, the thing that well, we haven't talked about Earth much yet, it's one of the things that keeps us going. We have an epic core. It's a heavy metal core, and I'm throwing up the horns right now, you know, rock style, that came from the cores of stars. And in that explosion, it's an implosion to explosion, will compress and combine the rest of the chemical elements, and it'll scatter it out into space. It, it's incredible speeds. If you were within like 50 light years of, of this explosion, our planet would vaporize. We're not going to die by supernova. We're not in a kill zone of any of it. But like it was like a, they had that in Star Trek, the first of the reboots, you know. And it'll it would it it seeds the universe with all of the chemical elements, right? And this, these things continuously go. And again, billions and billions of years, this epic dance, this battle of gravity, just compressing and exploding and caressing and exploding these stars, seeding the universe with more and more complexity, more and more entropy, you know, lo- you know, lower entropy, defying the second law of thermodynamics, taking the simple like Uno Lego of hydrogen and turning it into these epically huge Minecraft Lego sets, right? And now the universe is there, and gravity's not done in our journey of us, and why you should marvel at gravity. In just this tiny little nebula of gas forms up in this tiny little galaxy called the Milky Way, called the Orion Nebula, and in this tiny little pocket, gravity's going to start to do its thing. It's going to start to work a little bit, and it's going to slowly start to compress these elements down, bringing together some hydrogen, you know, getting it going, getting it there, kicking it there, sticking it together, making more and more mass. It starts to spin, and slowly this cloud, a hundred times greater than the solar system is today, is going to start to spin and compress, and then wham, woof, you get another sun. You get the sun. You get our sun. You get that big boy that rises up every single day, and you're like, what is up, sunrise? You're the bomb. And then, like, see a sunset, still enjoying you, y'all. I love sunrises and sunsets. It's our whole planet just, like, turning, and the sun's like, it's like rising on up, doing its thing. That thing is going to burn for billions of years, seeding our planet with energy. Don't I'm not going to get on a biotangent here because we're talking gravity. Oh, am I? Maybe I will. So on our planet then, in the remainder of the debris that did not form up into our our sun, it's 99%, 99.8% or something like that of the, of the stuff. Now, it might not be that much. 99% of all that matter is in the sun. 75% of the remaining debris that is not formed up in our sun forms up Jupiter, leaving behind 25% of 1% of all the rest to form up every other thing, including Earth, including everything that you are looking at right now, including the atoms and the atomic elements that make up everything here, the technology that is allowing me to throw my voice through this microphone out into the ether and resonate in your eardrums to get you to think and wonder about gravity. Gravity was the glue. It was the catalyst that created all this, and it brings it together, and in just this tiny little area, these tiny little dust particles started to stick and compress and spin and condense, and then it started to form. The heavier stuff goes towards the center, forming up this you know huge, huge, hot radioactive core, melting the surrounding layer. Then it spins, and it starts to spin around this layer, creating a massive magnetosphere that protects the beautiful atmosphere that we have. Gravity also protects it. Gravity is harnessing, holding on to this beautiful, epic concoction that is the atmosphere 
atmosphere of all things that we are. That is what we're here. It binds us together. It holds us in. It holds our water in. It holds the atmosphere, which traps the water. That's what happens to a planet like Mars. They believe Mars lost its core. Its core turned off, lost its magnetosphere. Gravity could not hold on to all of its atmosphere, and the sun irradiated it, obliterated it up into space. So now as the water evaporates in the processes of the water cycle, it doesn't get harnessed in this beautiful thing that we call rain. It just evaporates up into space, and we know what happens next. The planet goes dormant. Did it have life? We have no idea. Hopefully we'll find that out soon. I'd, I'm going to be shocked if it doesn't. Whatever, but that's a different that's a different tale. So our, our planet now, this planet that has now been compressed and condensed down, sticking together just right, and it co-accretes and coalesces in just this right way, it also, five billion years ago, pulled another planetesimal together that struck us at just the right glancing blow that gave us our moon. It was a cosmic collision that stripped the planet away of the mantle, the entire like layer. This would kill. This would be game over today. We don't want this like, oh, I want another moon. No, 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 we don't. Our moon is perfect. Our moon is huge relative to us, and without us, our planet would wobble. Everyone knows, like, what's the moon do? Oh, like the tides, right? It's great. Yeah. It also stabilizes our axis rotation. It probably gave us our axis of rotation, our 23 and a half degree till that gives us the seasons, and it stabilizes that. Nature loves stability. Nature likes to know what's going on as it can do these things. So this is gravity, guys. Gravity has brought all of this stuff together. You're used to it. If you want to know the effects of gravity on your body, study what happens to the astronauts in microgravity. Chris Hatfield has a wonderful book. It's The Astronaut's Guide to Living on Earth. And the thing that really stuck with me, not his, just his dedication and his cool stories of being in space and like zero-g racing, just which just sounded awesome. I want to do that. I want to go to there. It won't happen, but I do want to go on the plane. I don't know. I think sooner in our lifetime we're going to be able to pay and go on vacation to low Earth orbit, and I'm going to be there. God, that's going to be awesome. I'd go to space in like a heartbeat. Like, you want to go to space? Yeah, totally. It's the most, no, don't say no more. I don't care how dangerous it is. I'm in. Like, I don't care what we're doing, you know. Yeah, it'd be amazing. So Chris Hatfield talks about when you're up in space, your body changes, you know, like your blood pressure changes. Like it's pretty funny. Like there, you lose wrinkles in your face. Uh, women increase in chest sizes, you know, and lo- everyone loses weight in their in their in their waistline. But when they come back down to earth, their bodies blood pressure the pumping of the 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 heart has to work harder and it creates massive headaches they also grow the body elongates and starts to compress even rapid small amounts of microgravity drastically decrease muscle mass and bone density they learn this very quickly in the space lab after the long apollo programs in order to be up in space for an extended periods of time because our mission is always to go to mars once them once we land on the moon that's always the objective is to get to mars regardless what they tell us so they were able to realize they have to exercise exercise up there because they're at their muscles atrophy way more than a couch potato here on earth you're a space potato you're gonna have like incredible atrophy and you're gonna have like bone degeneration and t- tissue degeneration because it's used to having to resist the compressory force right that's what our body likes our body likes chaos our body likes being challenged that's why it's really important to exercise homies so get out there do some crossfit do some running do some yoga do something that challenges your tissues because the gravity is going to be there at least stand up sit up tall don't let gravity pull you down I got a top topic there. So Hatfield 
talks about coming back to earth was the worst part it, it wasn't it wasn't being up in space and like that wasn't the challenges when he comes back down he talks about his spread his spine recompressing also you don't use the bottom of your feet so you use the top of your feet to hook into straps so you talk about it was like walking on fire for weeks as he rebuilt up the calluses in his feet he'd get really lightheaded because his body could not his heart wasn't working at enough level to pump the blood up to his brain you know it's just incredible as it goes so that's what's up you know we're standing on this planet and we're being held here by gravity you never appreciate it we're stuck here and we're like dude i'm totally stuck here man i need to go somewhere but you're here and that's why otherwise you'd float off you wouldn't exist right so this gravity in in retrospect has done so much for us the universal catalyst for chemistry for life and for today for today gravity is plays the role you know if you could fly at seven meters per second you'd escape it you'd fly away you'd boost out into into you just would float off right and all the cool images in the weird wild wonderful world that we've seen in, in cinematography it seems great but you'd die it wouldn't be that good you should look up uh, the darkness podcast on radio lab oh my god if you think like you think you think you know like what would be crazy if like an astronaut went down and died in a spacesuit oh man and radio lab thank you for that episode that episode is the bomb the darkness episode i'll be playing it for my kids in about a couple weeks yeah you you don't know how gnarly it would be to die in a spacesuit i don't want to anyways so gravity guys let's close this out here so gravity is this thing that you should relish you should you know just appreciate you know we told you to go outside and high five a tree high five yourself in the mirror take some time to be mindful and this is what again it does coming back to my mindful science ways peoples Science can be a mindfulness thing. Sit here. Just sit up straight in whatever position you want to sit in and just relish in the fact that this thing is holding you down. This fundamental force that generated from the singularity 13.7 billion years ago helped compress and combine together the fundamental elements, the hydrogen and helium, massively compressing it down, hyperheating it till it was able to form stars, therefore then start ripping through, catalyzing, compressing, crucibling, chemistry creating heavier and heavier elements and then also exploding them so that they can scatter so they can throw their enriched guts as as ndt says out into the cosmos and some of those guts form up into our galaxy into our you know into our, our, our Orion Nebula, which then just so happened to form up the perfect-sized star with just the right amount of debris left over 93 million miles away that got struck by a moon, this little planetesimal, to form up just the right thing, pulling together just the right amount of composition of elements to form up a habitable planet and ignite and spark other chemistry into biochemistry, into the synthesis that is life. So again, when you relish in the fact of all the things that came together to make you, you, city here as you are listening to my podcast oh baby are you epic are you beautiful are you a dust speck yes but are you grand scale you're held together formed up by the cosmic loot you're not held together but the the stuff was there it's like the baker the gravity is the thing that puts all the ingredients together right it starts to pull and combine otherwise the universe would be static we hate stasis stasis is our enemy that's a motto for life live dynamically live in motion because nothing wants to be static static is boring create chaos create disorder that will lead to new order you will find a way to get that chaos together to catalyze 
ties into things that is life that is you know all of it and along the way then it's like the gravity combined the stuff together that gave us all the weird wild wonderful things that we experience in life right all of it it's just amazing it's so cool it's so wonderful and it's such an amazing force that it compresses everything together yes it sticks you here it's made you stuck here but you're sitting here you're combined it's another universal connectivity thing you're com- you're bound to this planet the planet that is made of the same stuff that you and I are made up of you walk by someone your gravitational fields your mass is warping and intertwining space and time around the two of you like you're intertwined like hey man like shake their hand be like sweet gravitation field bro i feel you you know i'm telling you there's got to be there's got to be a pickup line in there we'll, we'll keep working on it you know but that's it guys gravity needs to be relished this week science needs to be relished scientists coming through again with the audacity of proving things albert einstein a hundred years ago using simple mathematics validated something said the universe should be like this and it took a hundred years for people working their generations and again i always try and get through to the kids we hear the we hear the byproduct we hear like they discovered x i guarantee you these people spent their lives in the toughest most stringent classes they could ever imagine way smarter than you and i not, not all of you i'm sure there's some really wicked smart people there and i'm not i don't mean that as a as a negative we all got our skills we all got our things but these people dedicated their life to a singular mission dedicated it to the ligos project and they validated it they're going to win nobel prizes they're going to rewrite textbooks with this hopefully because who knows it may be nothing it may not teach us anything that we can validate or use but that's not what the that's not what the nerds are saying i say nerds with all the love and affection I can muster. I'm a major nerd. The smart people, okay? And it goes through, and now it can permeate, and it can ripple. You know, we now talk and have documentaries about what general relativity did. We may have documentaries on what the LIGOS experiment taught us down the road, and that's an exciting time to be alive. And not only that, you can relish in it. You can study it. You can go on the Internet and the World Wide Web, the singularity that is the ever-expanding internets, and you can learn about it. You can have people that can share their opinion with you and share their thoughts, feelings, and emotion and teach it to you. You don't need someone to teach it to you. You can learn about it on your own and you can find it and you can figure it out. So go through this week, bending in space, bending space and time around you, relishing in the fact of all the things that have come together to form up this planet, you, your loved ones, your hated ones, music, art, language, all of it, all the weird, wild, wonderful experiences that we call life and know that it was catalyzed, brought together, formed up, fused by the fundamental forces, one of them being the big G, 9.8 meters per second per second as it falls down to earth, sticking you to this planet, good old gravity. So have a gravitationally stuck week. That was not a good way to end it. I don't know. Just let gravity ride, people. Think about it. Sit up tall. Have some posture because gravity is going to try and compress you. It doesn't mean to. Again, it's a wonderful... I don't think it's malicious, but it'll mess with you. So sit up straight. Talk to your yoga instructor. Walk with posture. Sit up tall because you are a beautiful dust speck.